Welcome to the Fashion Your Passion podcast, your one-stop shop to finding your passion and living it out right now. I'm your host, Sammy Beatrice, a college student and passion coach committed to helping you, whether you're in school or working a nine to five, find your passion that you can do every single day and help you love your life a little bit more because of it. On this podcast, you will hear from successful guests as well as solo episodes from your host, all about tips on how to find your passion and how to implement it into your life, even when you feel like you don't have enough time to. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. This week, I am here with entrepreneur and podcast host of the Your Entrepreneur Resources, Venice. Venice, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Sammy. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you on. It was a pleasure to be on your podcast, which is now live. So the link to that will be down below. And I'm super excited for you to be a guest on this podcast. So can you just tell my listeners first a little bit more about who you are, what exactly you do, and just your journey to get to this point? Yeah, absolutely. So I run an events marketing company in Tokyo, Japan. I started out when I was 19, actually. So I ran all kinds of nightlife events in the beginning. So I ran parties and club events and music festivals, worked with all kinds of celebrities, influencers, all kinds of brands. And it was a lot of fun, but it was also a lot of exhaustion and just like, you know, all nighters. So I kind of shifted a little bit and started working in the PR industry. So I my company model changed and I worked with international brands to help them bring their presence into Japan. And I did PR events and marketing campaigns for brands like Red Bull, which was a lot of fun. And it was a lot of exciting marketing campaigns and a lot of events. I also worked with the local tourism boards in promoting Japan travel. I was supposed to be part of the Olympics last year, actually, to help them with their events and marketing. But obviously that got postponed because of COVID. And, you know, so 2020 for me was just like when I lost basically all my projects. So in the middle of that, I decided, you know what, instead of, you know, like trying to stick around and just waiting for something to happen, I should be proactive and go out there and do something. So I started researching online and talking to different entrepreneurs. And I realized that there's so like so many people are just super overwhelmed. There's so many courses, coaches, service providers, there's so many programs, and it's hard for people to know what to believe in and what to invest in. So what I've done is actually create your entrepreneur resources. And I have a library in there where I feature different courses, coaches, and just resources that can help people without breaking the bank and without all the overwhelm and all the craziness and all the unnecessary things that you might end up spending. So to streamline the process. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Yeah, I love that so much. Like I've been, I mean, a part of, you know, just like hanging around the group for a little bit now. And it's actually, it's been so helpful. I've been, you know, just sort of exploring, you know, as you will. And it's, you know, I mean, it's great. And the interviews you have are just spectacular. And so I commend you for that. But I really want to know, like, what got you into like being an entrepreneur? You said you started at like 19. That's how old I am right now, you know, so kind of matches. But like what, like, was there like a person or like, was there an event that happened where you're like, that's what I want to do? That's a great question, actually. And I didn't go in thinking that I would be an entrepreneur. I actually wanted to be an event organizer. Mm -hmm. So what happened was I went into university and I was like, okay, I want to be an events person what do I do? And I realized everyone was partying. So that was my instinct. I was like, okay, I'm going to run parties. And I love like connecting with people and networking. So I started, you know, promoting for club events and promoting for parties. 
And that's how I got connected to even more people. And then as I grew and as I grew my network and I decided, you know, instead of just doing it like kind of just for fun, I'm going to make it into my business and take it in like more seriously and started. That's how I started running the events and running different parties and just starting my company really. Yeah, that's so inspiring for sure because sometimes like I know a lot of people my age are like yeah I can't do that yet because you know I'm too young or I have a lot of things going on mm-hmm. but it's like you can start with the smallest thing it doesn't have to be some grandiose like agency or like you know podcast or whatever it can be like the smallest like you just sell some like a little something on Instagram absolutely and then you just go yeah there, you know exactly yeah. I really want to know, like, what's like the biggest lesson you've learned so far with like being an entrepreneur, being in you know the marketing space? Like, what have you learned? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for me is that it's so important to validate your idea. Like there's so many people out there that's going to say, you know, niche down and find your like ideal audience, that one person. And I think it is important to niche down, but it's even more important to validate and make sure that there is a market out there for the idea that you are pursuing. So, for example, if you're trying to produce a product, then you should 100% do your market research and make sure that there are ways to monetize it. So the reason why I say this is because I actually started a few startups throughout the years and no, I didn't validate. I was like, yes, this sounds like a good idea in my head. So I'm just going to jump right in and just do it. And I ended up spending so much money and so much time and wasting just so much energy. And I wish I had just taken, not. I'm not saying like take months and years to validate your idea, but even just like a few weeks, just asking around, talking to different people and seeing if people are willing to spend money and seeing how strong that pain point is and how much people need to solve it. So for me, that is definitely one of the biggest lessons I've learned yeah I love that because I think like something that I honestly struggle with a lot is like who is my niche like I'm always hearing what you said is like you know find that one person but like I don't really have one person you know what I mean like I have a bunch of people who just sort of like come to me and they're like Sammy like can you help me with x or y and I'm like yeah of course I will you know it's like I understand where they're coming from but at the same time it's like I don't think I'm ever going to find like my one person. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. I cannot. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for interrupting. But like, oh my gosh, I'm like, yes. Like I completely resonate, especially because for me personally, I grew throughout the years so much. And that's because I never said no. Like if something doesn't align with my brand a hundred percent, even though it still connects with me, it's still something that I'm passionate about. And it's not, you know, like, like something completely off the rails and like something that's not in my area at all. Then I'm 100% going to try it out. I think it's so important to say yes, especially in the beginning and to be open for opportunities that come your way. You know, just because you're like, okay, I'm only working with women that's 18 and a half years old living in like this little town. That's not helping anybody. No one goes into business knowing exactly what they want to do. Like they don't know exactly, you know, who that specific person is and you shouldn't, you know, like limit yourself that way. So I 100% agree with you. Yeah. And I also think the only reason I've ever said no to a client before was just because like, I just didn't have enough time to, you know, it wasn't anything else. Like, that's the only Mm -hmm. reason I feel like you should say no to someone who wants your services. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand like why it's like, oh, like you're not a woman. Like you said, like, you know, whatever. Like, I can't like, no, like that doesn't make any sense to me, you know? Yeah. You would want to like, if you want to support like someone, you want to support everyone. Like that just that's what just makes sense in my mind, but you know, it's so different. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's true. Yeah. How has like COVID affected your company and just like the things you're doing on a day-to-day basis? 
Mm. So actually, at the very beginning of 2020, I signed some really big contracts with the local tourism boards to help because Olympics was going to be in Tokyo. So there were so many things happening and all these like new structures being built and all these campaigns. And it was going to be the year, like really, it was going to be the biggest year Mm -hmm. ever. So COVID hit and I guess we were all in denial for a bit. We were like, okay, so it's going to go away in like two weeks or three weeks. But obviously it's like at the moment it's still going. So I think when it first hit, it was a lot of just like, okay, like panicking, right? It was a lot of like ups and downs being like, oh, it's fine. And the next moment you're like no 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 oh gosh like I don't know what to do so I lost a lot of my clients I lost a lot of the projects that I was doing and obviously I have a travel blog as well and that obviously disappeared too so during that period of time I was just creating a lot of content trying my best to test the waters and see what kind of opportunities I have for me and I was very open to taking in clients and just helping other people because I think at a moment of crisis it's so important to instead of just focusing on oh my gosh me, 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 me. It's like, okay, how can I help other people and they could help me back? So it's like that collaboration over competition kind of mindset. So that was my main focus at that time. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen that it's so important like to work with people, especially during this time, rather than like setting up a wall and being like, this is what you got. If you can't, you know, go through it, then like, sorry. Yeah. Like <laughs> some people like they want to work with you, but they may not be able to do exactly what, you know, you want them to do in terms of like pricing and stuff like that. And so, I mean, for me, like I just had to work with people that way. Like, and luckily like I have, because some of my clients like the best people ever. Mm-hmm. And you know, it yeah. just is, I simply work with them. I want to switch over to sort of like mentorship because like, we talk about it a lot on the podcast and I want to mm-hmm. know like your sort of perspective on mentorship. Have you ever had like a mentor before and like how's that experience gone and just like dive right into that? Yeah, definitely. So I think it's actually very funny that you brought this up. I just wrote an article about it. When I first started out, I didn't even have time to think about hiring a coach or having a mentor or anything like that. Because, you know, I was like doing like a lot of parties and events and I was sleep deprived, honestly. (laughs) And then when I started shifting and doing more like PR events and marketing campaigns, I realized, you know, like even though I didn't have a coach or someone that I think, you know, like, okay, this is my mentor. I had people in my life and around in my business that helped me. And there were people that I went to when I had an issue or if I needed to get a second opinion. And because I was writing this article recently, that got me really thinking that throughout the journey, even though I didn't like pay anybody specifically for mentorship and I didn't have, for example, like one-on-one sessions every single week and things like that, there were people that made huge differences, a huge influence in my business by being there and by being that figure that I knew I could go to. So for example, in the beginning, I had someone that had run like music festivals like EDC and Ultra and like all these like Tomorrowland and Coachella, like not run them, but they've been involved. And like, I was able to look up to that person and go to that person whenever I had issues. And then as my business evolved, I started, you know, like looking up to other people and I would go to them if I had issues or if, you know, like there's a partnership potential, if we could work together, then I'll work with these people, learn from them, from anything with, you know, how to grow my business to first specific things like how to deal with an annoying client or like <laughs> how to deal with like an unhappy customer and all those different things. So I strongly believe that mentorship is one of the most important things for every single business owner. Even like, cause some people, when they think about it, they're like, oh, I can't afford like an $8,000, $10,000 coach. But that's not what I'm saying. That It's more like find 
people that are willing to help you, even if it means spending instead of money, spending time on helping them back or providing some kind of services. So I think there is definitely the importance of having a mentor in your life. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. And I want to know, like, do you have any sort of tips for people who are sort of looking for a mentor, but don't really know, like, where to look or like how to look and just yeah, definitely. I think one of the most important factors that people should consider when looking for a mentor is not so much their sales page and their marketing pages. Because honestly, just because that person is good at sales and marketing doesn't mean that they're a good mentor. I think the most important thing is look at their experiences. So who they've worked with in the past, if it's going to be a business mentor, have they had corporate experience in the past? Have they run their own businesses? What kind of businesses have they run? For example, if you want to be a service provider, it might be better to work with someone that has provided services in the past so they can give you like firsthand experiences and firsthand advice versus people that are just like, oh, I can make you six, seven, eight figure, but you're not really sure if they've even done it themselves or maybe they have not had any experience in running a business that's similar to yours. So I think making sure that the mentor aligns with your business is super important. And then also just going on calls with them, like discovery calls or even just making sure that they're willing to give you their time. Because if there are ones that are, oh no, I don't want to go on one-on-one calls with you unless you pay me like this amount of money. I personally don't like that. I think, you know, if they can't even spare like 20 minutes, half an hour of their time with you, like I don't think they would be able to personalize their approach and be there for you. So I think that's super important. And when it comes to finding someone like where to look, because like what I was saying before, it's so overwhelming. There's so many platforms in so many places. I think one of the best places is, okay, I'm going to just like shameless plug here, but I have a platform that features coaches. So that's definitely a great place to look for people that I vouch for and other people have recommended. But at the same time, also through like, for example, Facebook groups and maybe even, you know, Clubhouse, just Mm -hmm. like because Clubhouse is such a huge place. And because it's real life, there's no time for that person to be like, oh gosh, I cannot answer that question. I'm going to Google it now. It's more like, oh, it's real life. So you can tell if you vibe with that person, if that person knows truly what they're saying. And, you know, by going into rooms of all sizes, I mainly go to smaller rooms because I feel like that's where the connections can truly be built. But going to different rooms and just connecting with people, you can kind of feel drawn to people that you you're like oh my gosh I resonate with that person like that's crazy like that person's saying what I'm thinking you know so that's a great way to find a mentor or a coach or someone to just even just bounce your ideas with yes I agree and Clubhouse honestly I've met so many interesting and cool people in there so far Mm -hmm. it's really changing the game I think for just everything you know conversations and just meeting people and it's like you know, some people are saying like it's going to take over podcasts. I don't really think so. I think it's just another, <laughs> you know, it's like more of like a, it's like LinkedIn with like your voice, you know, it's like LinkedIn. with yeah. It's just like, it's just a little networking thing, at least what I've seen so far. And so I highly recommend trying to get an invite to there because, you know, <laughs> Vanessa and I are both in there so you can come join us and join the yes. parties. But I want to know if someone came up to you and said, hey, Vinice, like I want to start a business. What would be your top three tips on like how they should start? Yeah, I think the first step, I think no matter what kind of business you're thinking about starting is again, validate your idea, making sure there's a market for it, making sure you can monetize it. I think that's one of the most important things because I have started businesses where 
they, they weren't hard to start, to be honest. It was like a website or something and I just built it. And then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to start making money. And then I realized like, there's no way to monetize it. Like <laughs> I've just basically jumped into it thinking that, you know, oh, it's a great idea. It's a passion project, but that's not what's going to bring in money. Right. So I think a hundred percent validate your idea and knowing what it is that you're doing and how, what kind of pain points you're solving and who you're talking to. That's a hundred percent the first step to contradict that a little bit though, just do it. Like <laughs> a lot of people get so caught up with perfectionism you know, just being like, oh yeah, like I want to make sure my brand logo is perfect. Is that one logo that I'll live with for the rest of my life? And honestly, it will evolve. And even if it doesn't, like it doesn't matter just because you don't have that perfect image, that perfect website, that perfect logo and color and all that kind of thing doesn't mean that you can't launch. And I think it's so important, especially nowadays, you can simply go onto your Canva or wherever you want to like Photoshop or whatever. You can make changes so easily. So it doesn't have to be perfect. So just do it. And then I guess the, I don't even know if this is the second, the second ish <laughs> tip that I would say for someone that's starting out their business is having a website. I know this is probably not like a very popular opinion because I see so many people nowadays not having a website. They would rely solely on social media, especially Instagram, which is fine, I guess. But having a website gives you so much credibility. It gives you instantly. It's your space. It's the place where you can control. It's like, for example, showing up on social media is like a pop-up store in a market. You know, everyone is so distracted with all these different things going on. Whereas your website is your home. You can fully decorate it. You can like bring the whole experience. And you know, you can serve a platter of like, appetizers and you can have a, like a champagne glass or whatever. It's like you can do it truly the way that, you know, like resonate with your audience. I guess that's like my second thing. And then my third thing is super random, but is to write a book. So for me, I'm a best-selling author. I wrote a book in August and I've been able to rank it and, you know, it's on Amazon and bestseller like all that kind of thing. But I think one of the best things is it's not about making money. Like writing a book is not about being a six, seven figure or whatever. It's more about that visibility. And again, the credibility that it brings you. So since I've written my book, I was able to generate so many more leads than ever before. I was able to, you know, people obviously don't pay much for the book. Like you pay like a couple of dollars, but then once they come into your funnel or they see what you have to offer, they realize, oh my gosh, this person knows what they're talking about. And I really want to see what else they have to offer. So they then turn into hired clients or like they purchase your high ticket offers, which is so powerful. And then just having that best-selling author or like published author in your bio gives you, you know, that little boost that makes you stand out from the crowd. So those are definitely my three-ish, three and a half <laughs> tips that I have for people that are about to start their businesses. Yeah, no, those are absolutely perfect because I mean, I could probably check off what, two of those right now, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. I'm in the middle of, or two and a half, I guess. <laughs> I'm in the middle of writing my book currently. It's been a, literally a three-year process, but it's almost there. Oh my gosh, amazing. I'm super, super excited about it. You don't tell anyone, but hey, you know, it just, uh, <laughs> now it's on the podcast, but it's basically like your ultimate self-help book. It's just pretty much everything that I've ever written before in a compilation, just me adding on to it. I love That's it. That's so amazing. So, oh my gosh. So exciting. Yes. Yeah. So, I know it's exciting, <laughs> but you know, not about <laughs> me. Before we roll into the final question of this podcast, I want you to just tell everyone where they can find you on social and on the web and all that fun stuff like that. 
Yeah, definitely. So you can find me at yourentrepreneurresources.com. Everything's there. Instagram, Your Entrepreneur Resources. I do have like a little free resource library on my website as well. It has a lot of different resources and tools and books and mini courses. So if anyone's interested in checking that out, please feel free to do so. Yeah, I would love to chat with anybody that wants to connect. Yes. And I will have every one of her links down below. And for the final question of the podcast, this is based off of the title, which is Fashion Your Passion. What is one tip that you would give those who are dreaming based off of how you have fashioned your passion? Mm, I think it's okay. I, I actually, I'm like in love with your title, your podcast title. I think yeah. the passion is one of the most important things when it comes to your business. And it's, I know there will be days where you're like, oh my gosh, like I cannot deal with my business today. Like I'm so sick of it. Like (laughs) I just want to like get out and go Netflix and just relax. But I think it's so important to take your rest and give yourself that break. I know it's hard because I'm in love with my business. I love it. I want to be working on it 24 seven, but I think you need to kind of take yourself away from your business every once in a while because you can't be in love with it. Being in love with it means that you're like holding on it too closely. Like you would not let anyone take over. You can't even outsource because you're too worried that other people can't do as well as you do. So with your, I know it's hard because when you're passionate about something, it's, you know, that's all you can think about. But just take a step back. Know that you shouldn't be in love with it. You can love it, but don't be in love with it. Allow other people that are also passionate about your niche or your topic, your in business, allow them to take over bits and pieces. And so you can take a step step back and, you know, go travel. I mean, we can't travel right now, but go and relax, like meditate, do some journaling, go be a couch potato and just watch some Netflix and let your mind rest. And that's how your passion can continue to, you know, grow and like stay, like stay or even grow like throughout the years. Because if you keep just driving that machine, it's going to die. So you need to kind of let it go every once in a while and just relax. So I think that's super important. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Outsourcing has definitely saved my life 100%. Like, I Mm. do not know what I would do without my assistant, without my interns, like all this stuff like that. It just, it's the best. I totally agree with you. Vinice, thank you so much for coming on the pod today. It has been a pleasure to chat with you. And for those of you listening, I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I hope you learned something from this episode. And if you did, don't forget to screenshot you listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, and tag me at Fashion Your Passion podcast. I love hearing what you learned. As well, do not forget to scroll down and leave a rating and review. I love to read those too and know what you guys are thinking about the podcast. Be sure to tell all of your friends about this podcast because I want to spread this to as many teens as possible. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.